Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. There, you will find a full list of our broadcasts from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso, fast, hot, and intense. Hello, welcome to this episode of Technology Expresso. This is Jacqueline Sanders-Blackman, and on this episode, I have a special guest that I am introducing. Um, this is going to be the first of many times you hear from her, but the one, the only, Andia J. Hello, Andia. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, so you didn't know I was going to do that, right? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Well, I am so excited, and, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. I've watched kind of the evolution and the revolution uh, as you, you know, develop this brand on the J. So it's not just your name. It's a brand. And so I think you have a lot to share with our audience. Um, quite a young lady that I've known all her life. <laughs> and um, so, like I said, I'm just so excited to see um, how you've taken your name your, and made it a brand, and it all ties in and, and to technology um, and how you've leveraged that. So I think the best way is to take us back a bit and tell us your story in your own words, you know, just even from how you first coming out of uh, high school, approaching college, and, and your initial career. Let's, let's talk about that first. Okay, um, so going just going straight back into college, I went to school at Kent State University um, where I ended up getting my degree in marketing. Um, but while I was there, I've always found my way to have a creative outlet. So I made sure that I put myself with, um, on our campus it was the Black United Students, and they created a marketing chair for me because I noticed that a lot of students weren't attending the, the meetings. So I took it upon myself to go to different organizations, raise money. I made T-shirts. You know, I branded my own T-shirts. Um, I got them cups, pens, pencils, and then I went out and, like, started passing it out to the different students and had them come to the meetings, and, like, their numbers skyrocketed. There was members trying to apply. They wanted to be a part of Black United Students. So that was really kind of like the first time that I actually used my degree, <laughs> so to speak, um, as I was, you know, really learning throughout my college years. Um, so then I graduate, and of course, like any graduate, I did not get a job in, you know, my scholastic learning, so I ended up becoming a purchaser for the Boeing company. Extremely boring. I was the youngest person on my team. I was the only black female, and I did not fit in, and I was bored and I was tired and I was frustrated because I was like, this is not what I thought, you know, my how my life is going to be. With me getting a, a marketing degree, I thought I was going to get like a swanky job in New York. I was going to work for Diddy. You know, I was going to be getting cheesecake and running and getting coffee and have like three blackberries. Like in my mind, that's what I envisioned. And here I was, 
in a cubicle cranking out orders for planes. I didn't get it. <laughs> I did not get it at all. So cut to YouTube. So YouTube was something that I would watch whenever I had free time in college because YouTube came about around like 2002, something like that. So it was very, very early and there wasn't a lot of content on there. There was a lot more, what I looked at was makeup. So I would look at the little Indian ladies that would do their Bollywood makeup and that interests me. There was nothing about natural hair. There was nothing about fashion. It was just pretty much a, a place where you would go to watch slideshows, really. There really was no production value to it. Um, so I graduated college and I was bored and we had like this blizzard. It was like the blizzard of 2010 and everything was shut down for like a good week and I was just like, huh, all right, I got the camera, let's do makeup. So I created two videos in the bathroom of my, of my parents' house and I published it to YouTube. And like immediately I got like 87 followers and I was just like, oh my God, okay. So then I created another video. So at this point I have three videos and now all of these ladies are emailing me saying, hey, can you do a look for, you know, this outing or can you do a look for Smokey Eye? Can you do this? And I got overwhelmed. I got overwhelmed with all the requests that I got to do another video that I just stopped. I completely stopped YouTube and I just pursued my career with the Boeing Company. Um, so over the years, YouTube has now become this platform where people were expressing themselves. There were different categories, so it wasn't just like makeup and slideshows of whatever. It was now the beauty community. It was now the black community. It was now comedian community. It's now like the anime community. So there are all these different outlets that people have now created and they all have like this whole, you know, the umbrella of YouTube. Um, but now there's a lot more subcategories within that. Um, so I was just like, now I'm feeling like I, I missed out. I, I, I missed, you know, my opportunity to jump on and be a part of now what is becoming this natural hair community. So the only, at that time, we're talking like 2000, I don't know, 2000, when did I graduate? 2010, 2014. So like the only natural hair people out there was like natural 85 and maybe just like a handful of people, probably like seven girls really that were a part of the natural hair community. But now if you go on there, there's hundreds and thousands, like it's basically oversaturated. Um, so around 2014, I decided again, I'm going to do some more natural hair or I'm going to do some more videos on YouTube on my channel. So I still maintained the followers over the years, even though I had not created any content. I decided, okay, now that I'm natural, I'm going to start doing content like I've been seeing these girls, because I can do it too. And from there, it, it just really has like evolved into this Andia J brand, because that is where this whole market has, has evolved into. Um, YouTube now and even social media altogether is now a platform for people to start their careers. So if you can gain the followership of different people to raise your numbers, it gives you credibility as an influencer. So that is pretty much the name of the game right now. You've got to get your numbers up so that you can be considered an influencer or a content creator, and then that will get the, the eyes of brands and then they want to work with you, and then with that, there comes a compensation of um, transaction of goods and content that you create, and then you just 
do that full time. So I, what I'm noticing now is that a lot of the content creators, once they have so many numbers, you know, YouTube is now their full time job. They don't have whatever job that they initially had. They focus on literally content creating for either brands or for themselves, and then they're compensated through that, and they just live their life <laughs> with a camera in their hand at all times. So, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's a big so that's and not, I love hearing it. <laughs> Go ahead. So that's, I was going to say, that's not necessarily where I am in my, in my life right now. I still have a full-time job. Um, I'm a project manager um, where I support the um, community, the, um, the intelligence community here in D.C. So that is my full-time job because, you know, my mother always told me, you know, it's okay to have a hobby, but you're going to have a fallback plan. So, you know, in the event that I don't make it to the point where YouTube or just creating content is my full-time job, you know, I have my degree and I have, like, a, a real job. Like, some of these people do not because at the end of the day, it does cost to, you know, um, it costs to, to pay for this stuff, you know, the cameras and the lights and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's definitely um, an expensive hobby. It can't be. Absolutely. Well, well, let me let me jump in here because, uh, you know, I love hearing this in your words and, and just hearing kind of the evolution because your experience is probably what a lot of other people experience, but some of them don't, you know, maybe give up too early. Um, and so um, there's, there's a couple of different things and messages, I think, woven throughout your story that I kind of want to touch upon. You know, first of all, like you said, a lot of people probably sit at their day job and they're frustrated. And I loved your description of how you dreamed, you know, what your vision was, working for P. Diddy in New York. I, I mean, that is, that's so true. And I see people who wallow in, in um, frustration over where they are. But to some extent, and you kind of said this too, is that your day job helped you finance some of the groundwork that you laid to build your brand because it's not always cheap. You had to make an investment and make some, you know, business decisions about where you were going to invest early on. So, you know, when did you kind of even know that, okay, well, it started out as, like you said, you're snowed in, there was a storm, you had a camera. But then when did you, what are some of the business decisions you had to make when you said, well, okay, I think I'm going to build this as a brand and maybe, like you said, step back into YouTube and even get the attention of some, um, you know, uh, other companies and products to see Andia J as, you know, a contender, like you said, in, in what seemed at that time an oversaturated market, but you still wedge yourself a niche because I see your, your progress and your success. Right. Um, really, it was the content creators that were on YouTube, their production value was starting to step up. So back when I was watching YouTube back in 2010 or 2005 or whatever it was, you know, people were using webcams. It was grainy. It was blotchy. You know, you're using like a little desk light to like cast, you know, some type of light on your face. And it was just, you know, if you go back to you know, earlier videos from that time, just the quality was bad. So at some point, people put away the webcams and they actually got, you know, like a handheld camera or they got, um, I don't even think they had DSLR cameras back then, but they got a camera that had a 
video function on it, and that's how they were creating their videos. Um, so just looking at their content, I was just like, well, I want, I want my stuff to look good too. So again, that was me, you know, really trying to keep up and stay fresh and keep up with, you know, the competition that was out there. Um, so I waited until tax time came. And I had, you know, I was watching other people's videos, and I would write them, what camera are you using? And at that time, it was like the Sony A700. And I was just, or no, it was the Sony NEX 5R. And I was like, I have to get that. So I waited until tax time came around, and I was like, okay, I'm putting aside this amount of money to buy this camera, and that's what we're going to do. So, and that's exactly what happened. So I bought this camera, had no idea how to use it. I mashed a bunch of buttons, and I created my, like, my coming out videos from, like, my, my five-year hiatus. Um, and I immediately got, like, 20,000 views. It was crazy. I, I got so many views, and my email was, like, blowing up with all these notifications. This person subscribed. This person subscribed. Oh, congratulations. You just made 100 followers. And then it was like YouTube would give you, like, these little benchmarks. Oh, today you reached 10,000 views on this video. Oh, today you have, and I was just like, what is going on? So once again, just like how I put out my initial video and I was getting, you know, um, positive um, comments and reinforcements from all these strangers that are basically watching me, I really felt, um, it's a good feeling. I felt compelled to create more. And what I find is that to make yourself stand out in this industry is that you have to be different because a lot of people may not be creative per se, but they're seeing the the accolades that you get or the opportunities that they get, so they think that they can do this too, but they're not necessarily, that's not their hobby, that's not their craft, that's not what they're passionate about. So there's, there's definitely a difference in the content that they create, but it's when you, when you really are passionate about art or telling stories through photography or through videography, your content is different. And I think that's what really caught people's attention when I put out that initial video was that, hey, you know what, I learned something from her video. It was short and quick to the point. You know, the production value was nice. I'm going to follow this person. So I think that's really how I got um, a lot of the following. And that's how you do wedge yourself into your own niche. So you can be like myself. I'm in the natural hair community, but when you actually increase your production value so that you are keeping up with the competition, but then when you're actually passionate about the content that you create, the, the effort that you put into your content is totally different, and people can tell. So that's what I see in my comments all the time. Oh, I can really tell that you, you know, I love, you're so creative, you're so this, you're so that, and it's because I really do like what I do. So that, I think that definitely plays a part. Absolutely. Well, let, let me ask you this, too, because I also know the professional side of you. Um, I, I've seen you as you're going and coming to work and how you carry yourself, um, how you communicate, those types of things. Are there things that you find that having worked in corporate America and, and still, well, what we call co corporate, but I know you're working in a government sector, but having, you know, working in a professional sector, has that also bled over? Because I think I can see 
just the level of quality you like to put in your product. Do you, did you did you carry over some lessons learned from working um, in a professional setting? Sure, absolutely. Um, especially when it comes down to how I communicate to my audience. Um, one is like I have I have a manager. I had a manager, and his thing was just like you know if we're having a meeting for thirty minutes, I've talked too long. He was like, if I can't tell you what I need you to do within five minutes, then I have failed you as a manager. And I was just like, I like the way you think. And so basically, whenever I create my, my content, it's shortened to the point. It's under two minutes long. Because especially how much content is in everybody's face, we can barely sit through a 30-second video that comes on before the YouTube video itself. You know what I mean? So people that are creating these 10-minute long videos, it's getting lost in the shuffle. And then also, um, I have taken my lessons learned from even traveling the corporate ladder, and I've created content on my channel. So I have videos on how to write your resume, how to interview, what to wear to a resume. So those type of lessons, or just me having a, a real job, I can then amplify that on my channel. Because at the end of the day, not everybody is going to be a content creator. Not everybody is going to be a YouTuber, and a lot of people are using YouTube as a resource like Google to search for things because people don't like to read. So if anything that you can translate from a written source and make it a video that people can just like mindlessly watch, that's what they're going to do. So taking any of my lessons learned from the workplace and taking that and creating a video for it, it wins every time. And so with that, I'm able to educate my audience about how to navigate the corporate ladder as a natural. How can you wear your hair on an interview? And those type of things, you know, it's, it's education. It's a different sort of education, but, you know, going with the times and, and transitioning with how things are, that's what you have to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And to my audience, I want to let you know, Look up Andia J, O-N-D-I-A-J, um, out there on YouTube, and you can see for yourself uh, her videos and, and her evolution over time. You know, you, have a, you do have a unique voice, and that's one of the things I, I know when you talked about the market was saturated, even with it being saturated, the way you turn a story, you I see your humor in it. You know, very you keep it real. Um, you're very yeah. natural in a, in and of itself. And you know, it, I think the thing that is always fun is that you show people how to laugh at themselves too. You know, it, it, you know, sometimes right. people get a little bit too serious about uh, hair. <laughs> yeah, um, they do. They do. <laughs> And so that's what, what also makes it fun. You know, there's good days and bad days when it, when it comes to hair. And you even hit upon a topic that, um, you know, people that often comes up with natural hair is what's appropriate in the workplace, you know. And, and does that question, has that question been, propo you know, proposed to you before as far as do you even have a, an opinion on if there's a right and wrong way to do natural hair in the, the workplace and even with the different colors? Sure, absolutely. That's even conversations that we have in the workplace as, you know, like the community of naturals in the office. Um, I know that, um, I don't know, it, it, it really is tough because, again, looking at the times, like there's this whole come as you are 
type of mentality that I know that my generation has. So it's just kind of like, oh, if you don't want me, then I'll find a place, some, I mean, I'll find a job somewhere else. But depending on the type of career that you really do want, you do have to look a certain way. You really do. Um, I know that for every interview that I've gone on, I've straightened my hair. Point blank period. I have straightened my hair, did the interview, and then after the first week, I've come in with my natural hair. And then, but even then, it's like a progression of style. So, you know, the first week, it'll probably be like a flat twist. And then the next week, I might let the twist out, and it'll just be like a little bit in the back. So I don't go full-on fro until I've been, you know, past my 90 days. They can't just fire me off of, you know, whatever reason they come off of. But it, it is certainly a statement um, that we make with our hair, and it's not always something that you want to make on a, as a first impression, especially depending on the, the career path that you're on. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I've, had, I've had, you know, like you said, I've had a couple of videos on my channel where we've had that conversation about what is appropriate for the workplace. Um, are, you, are you selling yourself short and not taking pride in your own self if you don't wear your hair? But then, you know, how are you supposed to, you know, start your career or get this specific job so that you can make money and move on? So it's being a black woman or just being anyone with natural hair, it's definitely, um, it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit from a, a different generation, but having done a lot of uh, travel and, and having to present not only um, across the United States, but even in different countries, one of the things um, our approach was always that you thought about your audience, and so when you go on the interview, they're your audience. And if you're going to mm -hmm. in a conservative field, and like you said, if you're in, you know, approaching someone from a government perspective, or even for us, if it's banking or financial, they're more conservative. So when I'm on sure. one of their sites, I dress a little bit more conservative than, like you said, when you're in a creative space. And so it's just, you know, it's just like when you travel to a different country, um, if there's certain customs and, and those types of things, of bright colors or red lipstick even, can be taboo in other countries. Yes, I sure. wear it, and I don't feel like I'm denying myself, but I'm being respectful until, like you said, until I'm in a comfortable space, they know me, I know them, and it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. So... I think, yes, all of that goes into the, the mix, and it doesn't always have to go down to you're betraying or, you know, not proud of yourself. You know, it's right. sometimes it's, it's what's appropriate. <laughs> right, absolutely, um, yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things. Let's talk about, you know, let's take it to the steps because I know that, and, and it, I can see the roots all the way back to when you said you were on campus and you saw an opportunity and so you used it and, you know, kind of even then we're starting a brand and, and um, took an idea and used it to, you know, help the, that community and the, I think it was the, was it the Black United Students? So uh -huh. yep. with, with that, now let's talk about once you, you know, you're on YouTube, you start getting followers, but then kind of the idea came to your head, well, you know, if I'm promoting products, then maybe, you know, I can get some um, income for this. I can monetize this in some way. Talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, in approaching those initial brands and uh, strategies and maybe even some lessons learned along the way. 
Okay. Um, so before I even started making money with working with brands, I was getting compensation through YouTube views. So when you do the whole AdSense, for every view, you probably get, it, it depends, it's like a range. You can get between like seven cents to a dollar, again, depending on your numbers. Um, so even before I was working with brands, I was probably making a bit like $50, $60 a month um, off of YouTube alone. Um, so using social media like um, Instagram and Periscope and Twitter to amplify my YouTube channel, so I was basically using that as a um, like platform just to like make announcements like, hey, I have a new video out, check out my channel, and then they would jump over there. Um, I would start, you know, posting either little snippets of the video that I had created and putting that on my um, on my Instagram because that's what I really like. I don't really get Twitter, don't really like it, but you know, you have to speak the language of all of these social platforms if you really want to be, you know, prevalent in your in your niche. Um, but Instagram, that's my jam. So on Instagram, I would, you know, put out a little snippet of my video, or I would, you know, just put out really nice, again, quality pictures of my hair or maybe the tools that I use. Um, and by doing that, brands started to notice me. So, you know, you put the hashtag with your video or your picture and you put it out into, you know, the world. And from there, I was starting to get um, little messages or, you know, DMs from different brands like, hey, you really love this picture. Would you like to do X, Y, and Z? Sure. So initially, it was free. It was just, you know, I got free product and that was cool because I'm cheap. Sure, I, you know, natural hair products, they're like $14 a shampoo bottle. I don't have time, but I would love to try them all. So if you say, hey, you know, I'm going to send you free products to just, you know, either put it in a picture or do a video with it, absolutely. Um, so as, I, as I'm going throughout this, this journey, I'm starting to take classes because I want to know, okay, how do I get to the next level? Just like how I wanted my production values to go a little bit higher, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I work with another brand? How can I, you know, because I'm seeing now that this is a business. It's no longer just content creators just putting out just nice things to look at. It's literally a business where there's an exchange of currency for level of effort. Um, so. I'm like, okay, so I'm taking these little classes. I'm starting to follow different um, content creators or different people that are talking about entre entrepreneurship. And so from there, I decided to get an LLC. I got my own um, Gmail account that's at Andy at AndiaJ.com. So I'm not just, you know, at Gmail, so I'm looking all official. I got a signature. And then I started drafting up emails, and then I would find the PR person for these brands, and I would send them just a quick introduction email. So I'm just like, hey, this is Andrea J. Just want to let you know that I love your brand. If you work with content creators this year, I would love to work with you. And then from there, I started to build these relationships with the different PR people. So in doing that, then they're starting to send you products as they come out. So hey, such and such brand just came out with this new line for the spring, I'm going to send you a box if you can, you know, go ahead and make a video, put it on your social. Sure, no problem. So after you do that a couple of times, and they're just like, okay, her content is great, then the second time they say, hey, such and such has a new product coming out this month, would you like to view it? And I said, absolutely, but you know what? I would like to talk to you about compensation. And then that's how those conversations um, start to go. 
So it's always about, and, and you know this in just business, it's always about um, relationships and how you communicate and being clear about what you want. So I, I'm definitely clear on, absolutely, I can do this for you, but it's going to be X, Y, and Z for the cost. And because the, the whole um, content creator um, and influencer, that is a market now, a lot of these brands actually have budgets to pay for influencers and content creators to create content for their, uh, their brands. Um, because they're not really using athletes or, you know, celebrities anymore to push different stuff. They're using the content creators because these people are more tangible to the followers. So if I wrote Riri on, or Rihanna, if I wrote her on, um, on Instagram, she's not going to write me back. But say if I'm pushing Coca-Cola, you can write me on Instagram, and I will, I'm, nine times out of ten, I'm going to respond to your comments. And so with that type of, again, relationship building and this communication that you have with the people that are actually pushing these products, and you can really ask them, did you like how it tastes? Did you like how it felt? And you can really get one-on-one -on -one feedback. That way you're building trust with your audience. You know, you're, you're, you're building trust with this brand, and people are more so likely to take those um, turn those numbers as in followers into money for that brand, and that's really how I started to create you know um, business relationships with different brands and how the compensation came about. So they initially you know came to me and said, "Hey, we like what you do," but now I'm to the point where I'm I wouldn't say I've exhausted the people that I've been working with, but I want to work with other brands. So now I'm going to them and I'm just like, "Hey." This is what I do. These are my numbers. These is, this is the type of content that I have created for other brands. Would you be interested in working with me? And then from there, it's just a conversation and sometimes a couple of meetings or a Skype call, and then you're in business. Amazing, amazing. Um, there, you know, so I have to tie in that technology uh, piece of it. So would you call yourself a, a techie person, you know, or did you just kind of, I, I heard you say when you got your camera, you just started pushing buttons, so to speak, because <laughs> the, the, the good thing is, is that there is a lot of, you know, DIY, you know, do-it-yourself types out there, and, and with YouTube, you know, you could almost Google or YouTube about yeah. anything. Um, so how did, was that kind of your path? How did you kind of start? exploring and using social media or is it kind of trial and error and, and, and watching? Because I also wanted to ask, was this something that they really were talking about in school when you were getting your marketing degree or all this has evolved since, you know, college? The, the world of social media really has changed. Social media has certainly evolved since college because um, when I was in college, all there was was Facebook. I think that their Black Planet had, like, died off, MySpace was gone and the only thing that everybody was really focused on was Facebook and even then you had to have a college email address to even be accepted to have a profile on the site. It wasn't open to everyone. Um, so yeah, all of this has definitely evolved and I never really considered myself um, a, a techie person. You know, I whatever chip, you know, my generation is, you know, plugged in with you know, technology does come kind of easy to us as far as social media goes. Um, but as far as keeping up with what's going on, because all of these platforms are constantly changing, you know. So it's like at one minute, 
everybody's on Snapchat, but then Instagram has Snap Stories, so nobody's on that anymore, but then there's filters, so you have to learn how to use the filters, and it's always about learning how to speak the language of each of these social platforms. So for me, it's like when in doubt, YouTube. So it's like if I don't know how to do something or if I see that somebody's using a speech, and I'm just like, I have the same program. I don't know how they're doing that. I always go to YouTube because, like I said earlier, I'm not going to read it. Because if I read it, I don't understand. But if, if somebody can give me like a quick one-minute video that's showing me, okay, you have to do X, Y, and Z, I'm there. I got it. So, yeah, technology, I wouldn't even say that 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 was like my first love. Like I really was never into um, building my own profiles like on the MySpaces back then. Um, that was never really my forte. I've just always been a creative person. So like drawing or just any type of just doing things with my hands creatively, that was always my thing. Um, so I would even say now I do kind of struggle with some of the um, – just keeping up with some of the, the social platforms that they have today. Because like I said, I don't like Twitter. I don't really get it. Um, so I don't really utilize that platform as much. So I stick to the platforms that I'm good at. So visually, Instagram, that's my thing. Second to that is Snapchat. And then, of course, there's YouTube. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely an ever-evolving situation. But if I ever have questions about technology, I always go to YouTube. And, and you know that is that is something that we often talk about also about um, here on Technology Expresso is because the world is changing so fast, technology and social media and the internet, it it just is speeding everything up. And so even something that you talked about from the time you first got on YouTube and then you kind of helped back off, and I think it was maybe five years later you said you came back. Now, there was all, you know, it would be used totally different. So we can barely even imagine where is it going to go from here. And, you know, even like you said, once a day something's in, you know, I remember everyone went Periscope crazy for a minute. Now, you know, that, that word's out of our vocabulary. Someone just told me, like you said recently, oh, you got to do Snapchat. You, you, you're just not, you know, you, you're just not even recognized if you're not on Snapchat. And it's like, Okay, how long will this last? So even from your perspective, I know you, what seems to be tried and true is YouTube. It, it seems to be stable, mm -hmm. um, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> um, it, but, you know, you know, you constantly have to keep your ears and eyes open. And that's something that we try to do in Technology Express to try to uh, keep people up to date on what's next and, and what's hot and that type of thing. So I'm sure that's something, too, that you're always having to think of, you know, and, and even from a business perspective, where Andia J, the brand, will be in two to three years and, you know, what platforms you might have expanded to at that point. So from that perspective, do you find yourself um, indirectly having to keep your eyes and ears open when it comes to technology and social media and, oh, you know, the, that changing landscape? Absolutely. Like, I, I find myself, you know, before I was always just picking up, you know, Vogue magazines, but now I'm seeing that I, I need to be looking at Forbes, and I need to be looking at, you know, Black Enterprise, and I do need to be looking at, you know, the technology-focused magazines or blogs because I need to keep up with what's going on, or at least staying abreast of what's changing. Because, you know, even just 
simply with hashtags, you know, on, on Instagram before it was like you could only have 15, now you can have 30. You know, videos on Instagram was 30 seconds, now they're a minute. So, you know, it's always, you always have to keep an ear to what's going on so that you can stay on top of everything. Absolutely. Well, that, that gives me a perfect segue because one of the reasons why we have Andrea Day on the show is that Technology Expresso, we're launching a beauty and brains campaign because you can have the both and, and the best of both worlds. And that's something that we want our young ladies and, and even our men to support the fact that, you know, on the heels of hidden figures, here were women and they can wear their pearls and high heels and still, you know, get the job done. <laughs> That's right. And, That's right. <laughs> and Andrea, you're a modern-day example of that, and we're watching your story unfold. And so I, I can only imagine um, the, the stories that we're going to, to hear and reveal. And like I said, you're going to be the, the face of our beauty and brains, and we're going to be promoting more of your videos. And so, hey, hey, Twitter's my language. So I got you okay. covered over here on Twitter. <laughs> Okay. I've already retweeted you already, uh, <laughs> so we'll Thank get your you. numbers up over here on this side, which, you know, the world of um, social media is about collaboration and reciprocation. That's something that we learned and how we got some of our numbers here on Technology Expresso, you know, just sure. being a platform where people could tell their story and share their story. So, you know, I, I'm so excited for this to be the launch and our first, hopefully, of many conversations. We're looking forward to some of the content you're going to be sharing with us. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, let me, let me end on one last question, which is, you know, thinking back, because I know, again, I know a lot of us, we, we have some college students and interns that are followers here on Technology Expresso. Um, and young professionals, and they get frustrated because they were back at their, where you were back when you were sitting at your desk trying to trudge through the day-to-day -day job and saying to yourself, I thought I'd be working for P. Diddy. And some mm -hmm. of them, they start to, they, they get in that place and they don't know how to get themselves out. That, some of that is, and, and David has a, a saying that he says, that sometimes you got to do what you got to do and can you, you can, until you can do what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you look back, what advice do you have for, for young people um, about, you know, balancing the two and, and seeing hope and seeing, you know, that there's possibilities? Um, and, and just what would you have said to yourself when you, and what did you say to yourself to get you out of that maybe frustration and rut and keeping yourself from doing something that could have been detrimental and just sure. waiting until the time and where you have arrived now. Right. Um, I, looking back, I would definitely tell myself that, you know, you do need a job as a fallback no matter what. You do need to have some type of career. But as far as really finding your passion, um, you know, I always made time within the real job to do something that was a part of my passion. So would it be like on my lunch break, I'm watching a YouTube video. I always found little pockets, you know, of happiness that would help me throughout my day. And then at the end of the day, I always thought, okay, I'm going to work 
that I can get a paycheck, and this paycheck is going to finance my real job. So I kind of looked at, you know, just work as, even though it's this nine to five, I really looked at that as me putting in the work to get the money so that I can finance the passion. And so with that, you know, as you continue to invest into yourself, um, you're able to open up so many doors and new opportunities, and you think of your job in a different way. And I think that once the passion starts to take off a little bit more, it gives you more um, fuel to really, you know, do better on the passion side. And then you notice that you start waking up earlier because you have, you know, maybe an hour that you can work on this. And then you stay up later at night because you want to work more on the passion. And then it's, you're going to finally get to this point where the real 9-to-5 job is definitely in the background. And you're just like, okay, I need to do everything possible to make my passion, like, my everyday thing. So I, I really do think that, you know, once you have that, that, that fire in you, you know, you'll, you'll definitely do the work that will help propel you out of that 9 to 5 and then move forward into something totally different. So it's always doable, but it's always how you prioritize your time because that is the most important thing that you have in your day is your time and how do you spend it. So if you're sitting there watching Netflix all day long, you could be doing something else. So it's definitely all about your mindset. Absolutely. So it's possible. You can do it all. You can certainly do it all. Trust me, I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it's definitely paying off. So, Andia J, thank you for your time today. Is there any last things you want to say to our audience or how to get in touch with you, how to find you, you know, uh, you know sure. anything? Absolutely. I made it extremely simple. You can find me everywhere on social media at the Andia J. And then, of course, you can follow me at Andia J on YouTube. So definitely check me out. Send me a message. I reply, you know. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> reply. I always keep my eyes out. I'm always creating content. I'm always thinking about doing stuff like that. I'm so glad that you and I are collaborating, and I can't wait to see what we do in the future. Excellent, excellent. Same here. Well, Andrea J. Again, thank you for your time. I'll let you go off and snap some pictures and do what you do, and we'll look <laughs> for that content very soon. And again, thank you for being on Technology Espresso. And like I said, I look forward to a great partnership and collaboration. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Bye bye. This episode is sponsored by and features B two T Training. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. So, your team has been doing agile and seems to be doing well on the surface, but you've noticed some subtle cracks in the process. Team members are leaving the group, the team starts taking shortcuts, Enthusiasm is low or tension is surfacing more often. Does that sound familiar? Your team might be experiencing agile burnout and sprint fatigue. B2T will help you address it and maybe even avoid it altogether. Call us today to find out about our Agile Analysis Boot Camp, which incorporates team building and bonding exercises that promote and reinforce agile values and value management. This course also teaches cross-functional role-playing exercises and how to apply lean analysis techniques that help you avoid gaps in your user stories and acceptance criteria requirements. 
We offer this class to your team on-site or also as a public session for those who don't have a large group. Our next public Agile Analysis Boot Camp session will be taught by Jacqueline in Atlanta, March 13th through 15th. Don't miss her as she walks through how to use Agile to build the right thing with a customer-focused approach. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about this public class offering or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, T, training.com to see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. Hello, Tech Expresso listeners. Are you looking to kickstart a new job opportunity in 2017? Well, here at Technology Expresso, we are interested in keeping our listeners informed. So if you are a job seeker, intern, military veteran in transition, career professional in transition, or a young professional, we want to let you know that on March 15th through the 16th, one of the biggest online virtual job fair websites, BDPA Connect, will be hosting a virtual job fair. Now let me give you a little more information. BDPAConnect.net is an online virtual job fair featuring employers interested in technology professionals. This event is free and open to anyone that is seeking computer, engineering, cybersecurity, and other related tech opportunities, or just curious about what skills employers are searching for. As you may know, BDPA has been offering education, mentoring, support, and network opportunities to IT professionals for over 40-plus years. And they are now partnering with ProDevNet whose goals are to provide better jobs for all Americans. They want to help you get hired and love what you do. Their platform helps you connect with companies that are actively hiring. And you don't have to be a BDPA member to participate. Simply pre-register today using your LinkedIn profile, or we highly recommend you upload your resume. Feel free to apply to as many jobs as you feel match your interests and qualifications. And be sure to visit bdpaconnect.net often as new jobs will be posted throughout the event. And if you have any other questions, visit bdpaconnect.net to see frequently asked questions. This is a free virtual job fair that is full of opportunities for job seekers. And hey, you never know what opportunities may be waiting for you. So as always, thanks for listening to Technology Expresso Radio. Tech Expectations lets you create individual profiles. You can also create one for your business or one for your nonprofit program or one for sponsors and investors. Go to Tech Expectations to set up your profile, which is 10 questions or less. Then you are ready and able to connect with our like-minded resources that are passionate about STEM. Check out the blog, post a topic, or respond to our topics. You can also go to the classifieds to post a notice regarding STEM interns or volunteers or any job opportunities or services you provide. You can also check out the events tab and see what upcoming STEM events are on the calendar and add any events that you know are coming up and open to the public. Check out our latest podcasts, which are always organized by topics and interest. Then go to the photo album to see postings of STEM events across various communities. You can also post private messages between resources or tag friends or programs or any organization that you want to follow. We can't wait for you to stop in and share. Visit techexpectations.com. That's techexpectations.com. We expect great things, and we know that with technology, anything is possible. 
So come join us as we full steam ahead. Back pain can keep you from living your life to its fullest potential. At the Back Pain Center at Gwinnett Medical Center, relief is in reach. Our team of experts will quickly diagnose your condition and determine the best course of treatment for you. Download your free copy of Understanding Back Pain at GwinnettMedicalCenter.org backpain. Stop living with pain and get back to the things that matter most. This is Gwinnett Medical Center. This is now. Spring, a time of boundless promise. The winds of change fill the air as hope blossoms boldly on the branch. And NASCAR rumbles into town. Catch the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, the Renai 250, and the Active Pest Control 200 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Be here March 4th and 5th for the promise of a new season. Sunday tickets start at just $39, and all kids' tickets are just $10. Visit amsracetix.com. Say great people. Sean Thomas here, the entrepreneur her. Thank you so much for your support of great programming like this one at Technology Expresso. Are you a corporate or professional ready to leap and start a business but do not know exactly how to separate yourself in the marketplace? Or maybe you're a small business owner struggling to get the word out about your amazing business. Well, I want to help you do just that. My creative marketing agency has the unique ability to market your products and services in such a way that your clients and customers will be more than attracted to you. We help you build credible visibility through digital storytelling that is personal yet professional. We create amazing websites, social media marketing campaigns, and much, much more. If this sounds like what you've been looking for, I want to talk to you. Give me a call at 404-796-8858. That's 404-796-8858. Once again, 404-796-8858. Look forward to talking to you soon. Sean Thomas, The Entrepreneur Her. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase, Full Seam Ahead, to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch. Back pain can keep you from living your life to its fullest potential. At the Back Pain Center at Gwinnett Medical Center, relief is in reach. Our team of experts will quickly diagnose your condition and determine the best course of treatment for you. Download your free copy of Understanding Back Pain at GwinnettMedicalCenter.org backpain. Stop living with pain and get back to the things that matter most. This is Gwinnett Medical Center. This is now. <laughs> 